Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington, Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by Rife Martin CPAs. Today, along with Allison Rife Martin, Philip talks about tax thoughts of a financial advisor. Philip Washington, Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple with Allison Rife Martin, CPA. What's going on, Allison? You know, I can't believe it's the middle of the middle of the month. In fact, I'm pretty sure Valentine's Day week is happening this week. So, um, you know, as the Valentine that I think everybody wants to give me, make your CPA your Valentine. <laughs> I'm here to help you. I want to help love on you with your taxes and, you know, getting your business ready for all kinds of success. And I imagine your financial advisor would probably say the same thing. Make your financial advisor your, your Valentine. (laughs) Well, so so today we're talking about uh, some, some tax tips that us advisors uh, need to know for our clients uh, and our, and, or our clients need to ask our financial advisors about, um, and so, what, so let's, let's talk about them. So I think the big one is, um, and there is a big push, or t- uh, I believe there's a big push uh, to start converting your traditional IRA or uh, IRA to a Roth. What do you think about that? Uh, traditional to a Roth. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think if somebody has the cash uh, to do it, I think it makes a whole lot of sense because I have, I have yet to meet anybody who made it to retirement and, and, and said, dang it, I wish I would have dipped more into a Roth. Like a hundred, everybody says that. They're like, yeah, I remember somebody saying to do that. Dang, I should have did it. Well, so I'm just curious, when is your your suggested timeline for people to do it? And and do you do it as one lump sum or do you like stair-step it? Yeah, so good question. We I have a financial planning system where I can show different scenarios Uh uh, you know, one lump sum stair stepping. I think, I think practically stair stepping probably makes sense to most people, especially since a lot of my clients are forty. Uh, you know, in the age range of forty, and you know, I'm saying, hey, because uh, you can run a scenario, and I can say, under this scenario, you got to save this amount of money to reach your goals. Under this scenario, if you have more tax free money in retirement, you got to save less. And so I can factor that into um, uh, you can do the math and kind of see many times that they end up with less out of pocket by converting the Roth and saving money than if they were to just only save and get it. And and, and even if you didn't like I because right, this is all assumptions uh, that we don't know how it's going to play out. But I also say don't read too much into which one is less. Just read into the fact that it's going to cost somewhere around the same. But in, in today's uh, expectations, but you extract out tax risk, meaning if you know if the government gets more hungry for more money, which they likely are, um, you've already said I gave you your money. You know, right. in retirement, you you're like you can't get anything else from me. 
Exactly. So, um, and I, and I guess one question it makes me think at what age would you think this was not a smart move to convert it? So uh, like 60, 50, 40, yeah, no, because even even sixty year olds, because I, I find, and you probably see this, a lot of sixty year olds, fifty year olds, or where let's say sixty year olds, they in their mind they have a portion of their retirement money uh, that they want for the kids or grandkids, right? I, I haven't met many retirees that don't want to leave their kids something, and so I'll say, all right, let's run some math, let's get an idea of how much you're going to have uh, left, and let's earmark some of this money for legacy money and that's when it makes the most sense because if you leave a million dollars in a traditional ira then it's just you know you got like you're gonna have to pay a lot of taxes right i mean there's rules around stretching it out and those are even getting less uh, more narrow right more narrow and so you're like but if that million was all in a roth that comes out tax-free right and so that's just a you know better position to be in yeah because you don't want to surprise your um the the beneficiaries with like hey surprise I'm giving you money but oopsie yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah see ya <laughs> yeah yeah they they, they in their mind are going oh we about to get a million dollars yeah 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 and they go wait a minute like where's the no, rest I'm of the money yeah exactly right <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well, well, I mean and, and, and what I mean and I and I'm I'm assuming like because you're talking to clients about this, like at, at every stage as well, which I, you know. Yes. And and, and then for you, uh, when you, because you you've begun helping a lot of clients set up four hundred one k four hundred one k business, which is important. Um, and I guess this recommendation would come from um, the the advisor, um, but your business owner clients, right? Are you talking to your business owner clients about the importance of? Um, a 401k for their ability to put Roth contributions in there. Cause if they can, if it has a Roth provision, they can put like what? 20, 20, I think it's like 26. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, quite a bit I, of money into a Roth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's some other restrictions around it, but I mean, yeah, that's obviously an important question to have. And again, if you just, which will lead into a future topic, like, or something I think we talk about a lot, it's a great thing to uh, a benefit for your employees too. To like, you know, offer the the raw, especially when you think younger employees, you know, give them an incentive to save, you know, have the the 401k or the IRA or whatever you can provide for them so that they too can be set up for success to help you grow your business. So, Mm -hmm. yes. So I thought that was, that was one topic. So um, when you think of the Roth, are there any other ways? I know that a lot of people think of the backdoor Roth. Um, backdoor contribution to a Roth. What is your opinion on that one? Uh, yes, yeah, so I think it's 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 a it's a very valid opinion. A backdoor for the, for those who um, are listening and don't know, it's when you uh, you and correct me in the areas that I'm wrong because the technical details of it is a CPA. But if you have a if you contribute to a non deductible IRA, uh, then you're able to uh, convert um, that to a Roth um, really, you know, I know there's like small windows of when you can't do it and when you got to wait to do it and talk to your CPA for that. Uh, But, but you can do it or you can do it in the year you make the contribution and, or any time beyond, like, cause then if you go beyond the year, then you're just in the regular converting, you know, like converting mode. Uh, Right. But typically most people will do it straight away. Like it'll be a sequence of events. You contribute, 
you know that you've got to take the tax hit on whatever you contribute to the the non-deductible piece, and then you immediately convert it into a Roth to the Roth IRA. And it's a great and legitimate way to do it. It's a nice little loophole that the IRS allowed. Mm-hmm. So it's a great. I think it's I think it's a great way all the way around because it helps Absolutely. achieve like your goal with pre with post tax dollars when you retire. Mm-hmm. No, de- definitely. And 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 um, Michael, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I was thinking, wondering what you thought about that. And I think a lot of financial advisors, at least from my experience in conversing with them, is they seem to like that idea. And especially if you've got the income, you make too much money to be able to take advantage of the tax deduction of the traditional IRA contribution. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, the other topic that I have been thinking about is uh and I would imagine you think about this too, maximizing your deductions in the years when you itemize. Mm. Meaning, and a lot of times, you know, we're effectively, we're, we're for the most part, I say limited to, but we get to take advantage of property tax, mortgage, interest, and charity. Property tax, we know we can only contribute up to 10000 or deduct up to $10,000 of our property tax. Mortgage interest is mortgage interest. So really the only place of opportunity is charitable contributions. And so what you can do is you can bunch all your charitable contributions. You know, one year you can do standard deduction. The next year you can make a whole bunch of uh, charitable contributions to be able to itemize. And I think for me is the experience has been the donor advice fund is probably the better way of great way to save uh invest you know get a charitable contribution deduction and have the biggest amount of impact to the charities of choice absolutely because with that one you can right and you you fill in the details but you can make a big contribution get it all in one year and then give it out whenever you want to within you know again i don't know if it's, i don't even know if the language within reason is is in there but there's i don't remember any set time frame for when you have to give the money out specifically nope. Nope, you don't have to. You don't have to choose in that. And I think that's the beauty of it is, you can contribute whatever it is you want to contribute in calendar year twenty twenty two, for example, which we know is over. Let's say twenty twenty three, you get the charitable contribution deduction, but you don't have to decide until when you feel like it to what you want to donate to. Now, the one thing to, to really think about is, does the donor advise fund sponsor that you're working with? Do they support the charities that you want to donate to? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't, and they don't have to. So if if you want to donate to the I Love Everybody organization, but they don't believe in that one, well, then I would find another donor advisor fund sponsor. Yeah, so, so that's, that's an just, important question to ask when you're setting it up. Right. Make sure that you do your research to be sure they support, a, like I say, your charities of choice. Awesome. Yeah, those, those are three good ones. Yeah. Really good ones. The last one I was thinking was, and it goes back to the your conversation about uh, you want to when you set up your estate, have, leaving a legacy for your kids. Another way to start, you know, give, gifting some of your assets away is to just give gifts to your kids every year, like a cash value uh, or a car or whatever it is you want to give them with from your estate, and um, it's tax free money that you can give. And what and what's the what's the amount? What's the gifting it's limit annually? Seven, it's seventeen thousand dollars this year that you can give. Mm-hmm. Oh, that so, went up. I, mean, I remember. It was like yeah, last year it was sixteen thousand oh, dollars. This okay. year it's seventeen. So, um, anyway, this year you know you can give that. And the the nice thing too is if say my husband and I want to give to uh, 
my do- my daughter and my son, and we we can do a, a split gift. So we can each give seventeen, and it and it's you know since we're two individuals, so you know I can give my daughter and my son each. We can each give them thirty four thousand bucks, hmm. up to thirty four. You know because we're two individuals, so it's there's a lot more impact on that. You, you know you know what I've seen wealthy people do, and uh, I had a you know advisor mentors who did it, and it was it was in that rule they would they would let's say seventeen thousand now, and then let's say you and your husband together. 17,000 times two, 24,000. Then they would have their attorney, state paying attorney, draw up an irrevocable trust that um, that the cash went to. And then the trust would buy life insurance because 24,000 a year of life insurance would be some huge amount of tax-free cash that's paid to the trust at their death. And, and, it, and, it, and it, it would be guaranteed, right? Because you can, the trust can invest it in investments too. It can, you know, uh, uh, and you know, you know the, uh, the attorney knows all those rules, but it was a way to just maximize the gift um, early on. And they would again, attorney question, but they can put specialized rules around it so that mm-hmm. um, uh, you know you can allow the money to grow to when you die, so the kids can 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 get it later and not raise the trust early on. Yeah, no, I think that's a fabulous idea. And then again, tax-free pro- benefit to your kids, mm-hmm. and, you know, or, I mean, it's, that's, so that's just something I think, you know, that you, financial advisors and CPAs should be always having a conversation with you, you know, your clients to make sure that they're starting to think long-term. I kind of guess it goes back to the theme I've always talked about, begin with the exit in mind. And yeah. in this case, it's your exit. What do you want to, what kind of legacy do you want to leave your kids or your, you know, philanthropy or whomever, but like what kind of legacy do you want to leave and how do you set it up so that they get the benefit of, you know, all the work that you put into it, you know, help them be successful too. Also, no, these are, these are four good, good, really good planning ideas that I think might seem super, maybe simple and they're not difficult to implement, but they're. I mean, you, when you run the math, at least when I run the math on the plans, they make a huge impact. Exactly. And it's one of those, that's why you want to have a great financial advisor and CPA on your team so, who can, you know, give you the gentle meds to start thinking about it because you don't want to get to too late in life where you're like, ugh, I could have, but I didn't. So I can't. So here you want to be set up so that you did, so you can, so you would, you know. Absolutely. Well, let everybody know uh, where they can reach you if they want more information. Um, you can reach me at my website, rifemartincpa.com, or you can email me at info at rifemartincounting.com, and I'd love to discuss these topics with y'all. Awesome. But th- I th- this was a great one. Thank you very much. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.